and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Christine Burns, I am absolutely delighted to be hearing your story and sharing it through She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm excited. I'm like, this is going to be cool. This is awesome. It's absolutely going to be cool. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you do. What do you do right now? Oh, what do I do? Um, I love even changing this one up. Um, I love doing what do I do. I don't say what I do in my job, which is quite cool. Um, what do I do? I drink good coffee. I change people's lives. I have fun. And oh, um, hang on a minute. I- back, up a, back up a minute. You can't just go, and I change people's lives. So, <laughs> yes. okay, let me so- introduce you from what I know. You are one of the co-founders of the Walt Institute, aren't you? What is the Walt yes, Institute? Yes, I am. Walt Institute stands for Women Authentic Leadership Training. And so, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And so we've gone through a couple of name changes and and where Walt came from was um, we were sitting with our mentors, um, Professor Paul Wood AO and his his wife, Ronnie. Wow. And we were sitting around a table and we were like, hey, wow, we do um, authentic leadership with people and with women in STEM. So science, technology, engineering, math and medicine. Yeah. And and so we had... um, our big long name was Authentic Leadership Training Institute. And he was like, oh, it's too long. This is just too long. And so we were having a wine, as you do, and he was just scribbling away on a piece of paper. And he was like, what about Walt? And we were like, what? And he's like, <laughs> woman, authentic leadership training. And he goes, then people will go, let's just get Walt. You know, let's just yeah. call Walt. And so, and that's what's happened. And and so we, we work with women in STEM. Um, yeah. And it's even yesterday we were um, at Agilent. Um, it's uh, one of the corporations here in, in Melbourne, and they were saying, "You guys really get us this this academic research, um, you know, kind of approach because they're a, they're a special bunch to, right. to be honest, and very high achieving, um, very very clever, very intellectual." Yes. And I say but instead of and, but not <laughs> and. very aware of themselves in the sense of, of, for me, it's the thing of what I do is help them to unleash their best selves every single day, no matter what. Oh, and, I love and so that. And tap into their, their top six inches, pull it apart and go, you know what? You can be awesome. You can, no matter what, let's go and find your best awesomest self in there and have you unleash that every single day. So oh, that's fantastic. That way, that's, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. I have a big soft spot for women in STEM um, and trying to mm. get more in there and supporting you all. So why yeah. did you set it up? That's got to be a good reason. <laughs> why do we set it up? Other than, um, the, the, other than we know that there aren't enough women in this space and they don't get enough no, visibility, no. the ones that are there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that was part of the reason was, um, I mean, my, I, I came from doing a lot of sports psychology and working with athletes and teams um, in performance, so improving their performance. And Elizabeth, my, um, my co-founder, um, she's an occupational therapist by trade and she's also a researcher at Monash Institute. Okay. And so we sort of 
we were working with people doing mindset stuff and, and you know, helping them to, to tap into, you know, their best selves. And we sort of identified this thing about leadership yeah. and then realized that traditional leadership was rubbish yep, yep. from my point of view. <laughs> and mine. <laughs> and went, yeah, good, good. And went, what about these women in STEM? Like, you know, let's go and, let's go and tap into a, a niche where there's not a lot of, you know, the – the alternative side of, well, not that it's alternative, but a different approach Yeah, because they're not your usual people. And so it was like, let's go and tap into this whole STEM side. And part of it was also um, Professor Paul Wood was one of the days that um, I was doing a pitch competition at Monash Uni and he was randomly in the audience. I did the first pitch. We were there till the end. He tapped me on the shoulder and he said, oh, Christine, um, I really want to speak to you and Elizabeth about what you do. And it was like, why? Who are you? And you're okay. a bloke. <laughs> exactly. And half an hour later, um, we were we were connected. He said, I really want, you know, this is, I, I really love what you do. Let's uh, get you guys involved in working in STEM. And, and we were like, we were thinking about this. And he was like, let's make it happen. Um, oh, I love it. And how know, long and, ago was that? Oh, she's um, probably about, uh, what? Five, six years ago. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Great. Oh, God, I love hearing yeah. about organizations like yours. <laughs> that is so That's good. Great. And then, um, so normally I would ask about a light bulb moment, but I kind of feel like that was it, obviously, just doing that pitch and having um, Professor Paul, what was his? <laughs> Or was there Professor a, Paul Wood? Was was there another moment where you just went, "We've got to do something about helping these women"? Yeah, it was. Um, we had uh, for me personally because I, I mean, like Elizabeth has a PhD. She's, I mean, I've lectured in universities in New Zealand and here, and you know, being program coordinator of exercise science, all this kind of stuff. Wow. But working in the first presentation we had was at MICRI, so Murdoch Children's Research Institute, and. Like there's all these people in the auditorium whilst I'm in there and I was like, oh, crap. I said a couple of other words around that. <laughs> oh, crap. There's all these, like, clever people. Yes. on me. And I was like, oh, fuck. Totally and intimidated. I can own this stuff. Yes. Like, I've played hockey on the other side of the world. I can do this shit. And so it was really cool because it was like these people are different and they – there wasn't – they were just different, you know, like they, they have all this expertise and I was like, these people could really benefit from this. And when when I tapped into me having my expertise and realising at that – I mean, and realised it many, many times, but at that moment to stand there and go, there's these people sitting out here and they don't know this stuff, they that can benefit them. And yeah. then I was like, hey, wow. This this could make some magic and oh, yeah, God, I love that. Yeah. I love 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 it because <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I uh, when I meet people who are super smart with PhDs and masters and all that sort of thing, you can get a bit intimidated sometimes. But there are loads of gaps in their knowledge as well, and oh, I yeah. love it that yeah, you're yeah. tapping into it yeah. and also. Yeah. Giving them the support because I think that's one of the things in that mm. industry that they need to know other women. They need to know yeah. they're not alone. <laughs> because oh, Yeah, and many of them feel yes, like they are. Like we bet. just came back from a, a retreat last week. So we had a five-day retreat in Hepburn Springs. Oh, gorgeous. Glorious, glorious. And the people there, like the women that were there were, they 
it was it was almost like really they felt isolated in a way yeah. in their own roles. Yes, that's even what I hear. Even though they work with other women, it's it's still very isolating for them. And and to do <laughs> things like I mean, we bust pieces of wood, we burn shit, we you know we <laughs> learn all this stuff, we play games, we have a great time, we you know get inside their heads and play around with things and and have fun. Yeah. Um. And then they just connect, and many of our programs are like that too. When they find their tribe, and they're like, oh. I have all of these people with me. It's yeah. Just, oh, yeah. That's it's, it's so, a, yeah. very similar to She's the Boss in that people kind of, you know, if you're yeah. running a business, whether you're in STEM or not, and you're a woman and you're particularly if you're a founder or you're someone who set up the business, mm. it's like, it can be really lonely and you need those other women <sighs> to celebrate things yep. as yep. well as failures and successes and all the rest oh. of it. So I love exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah. right, Christina, you just keep alluding to all these great juicy little things that like, oh, I played <laughs> hockey around the world and whatever. So let's learn a little bit more about you. Can you take me back to where you were brought up and uh, what's, what kind of family you had? You know, what did mum and dad do? What Do you have brothers and sisters? Yep. Let's start there. Um, <laughs> oh. On the 29th of July, no. Um, I, I mean, I like I, I look back at my family. I grew up in Palmerston North in New Zealand, so okay. we call it Palmy. So anybody that's a Kiwi that hears this, they go, oh, my gosh, Palmy. Yeah. And so I was born in Palmerston North. My parents are Scottish, and they came out to New Zealand on a boat in, oh, in ten, the 50s. So 10-pound POM kind of people? Pretty. Well, yeah, yeah, kind 50s in New Zealand. I mean, I guess Scotland is also pretty isolated and, and raw yeah. and rugged, but yeah. New Zealand in the 50s was would have been – it's an interesting choice for them to oh. make. Yeah, and it was – it was. I mean, they're the only ones, you know, like – I mean, even – and I think that's where I get – I mean, that's where I get a lot of my – my grit, I suppose, is from mum. Is that? Um, I mean, she even she even got married when she was seventeen. She lied. She, you know, she's supposed to be eighteen. She lied. She was wow. turning turning eighteen like five days later or whatever it was, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah." And how she bluffed that, I don't know. They got married, and then a couple of years later, they were like, "You know what? Let's go to New Zealand. Let's go and check it out." And so, what adventures? Well, they went out. To, yeah, went out to New Zealand. They came here and lived in Melbourne for a couple of years. Mum loved it. Dad didn't like it because uh, right. of the heat. And then they went back home or to New Zealand. And so I grew up in Palmerston North. Um, and I, I mean, some random things is like my first school was a private girls' school. Wow. And I went there for a year and I, I hated it. I hated it. I wow. Hated it. My and sister loved hang on, it. When we say first school, are you talking high school or primary school? No, no, my prim- first primary school, first primary wow. school, yeah, I went to a private girls' school, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was mum and dad wanted the best for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, dad was a painter and decorator and, and you know, we, we did good. Uh, How we many did good. kids were and there? How many kids in the family? Just two of us, okay. just the two of us. So there's myself and my sister. Um, she's four years older than me. Um, and just, so she loved the, she loved the school, just the structure and everything being all proper, and I was like... <laughs> This is dumb. Yeah, right. You know, like I'd finish my work and I'd run off outside to the PE shed and grab a ball and kick it around the place and then I'd get a whack and get told to get back into class. And I'm like, dude, I finished my work early. Am I not allowed to play? No, um, you're not in a proper school like that. No, no. <laughs> so you lasted so, a year. Uh, <laughs> I lasted a year and then sort of carried on through there and went to several different places. But it was – 
just I just had fun. Like my childhood, you know, I I can honestly say I had a really good childhood. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, my my mum was my you know my best mate. Um, she yeah, growing up oh, she was always fantastic. my best mate. I got that's on fantastic. so well with my dad as well. Um, my sister was as jealous of how when I was born. So <laughs> we haven't really had that good a relationship to be right. honest. Um, and. And it's just those things of like I I liked playing, I liked having fun. Um, so did you fi- did you yeah. finish year twelve when you got to high school? Did you still enjoy it? Yeah, I loved high school. Um, I I loved school, and very it's, and it was kind of weird because I imagine you were well, very sporty. Yes and no. I mean, I was. I suppose I was. I mean, I, I represented Manawatu in softball, so um, that's like our our whole province, right? Um, so I played softball for Manawatu. So, I think so that the was awesome. Answers, yes, you are good at sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I played um, what we call as football, so soccer. Yeah. Um, I played that, and I also played cricket. Um, I only took up hockey in my last year of school because. The hockey team was desperate for a goalie, and I went, anybody can stand in goal and kick a ball and, yeah, fine. <laughs> and then within two years, I was playing indoor hockey for New Zealand. So it was – That's extraordinary. And, 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 yeah, and that was the only reason I went to university too was I finished school, went yeah. all the way to the end of school, and then I was like, ah, oh, I want to keep playing hockey. So I suppose I'd better go to uni because then I can get a student allowance and then that can pay for my hockey. So I was right. like, sweet. So I just I just went to uni because I was like, what are all my friends doing? Going to university? Okay, I'll go to university, and then I can just keep playing hockey. So and so you did, yeah. and obviously there's more to this story because I'm guessing you didn't stop there <laughs> with your hockey. It's interesting because no. I have three brothers, and one of them was very into hockey, and I did it at school, but didn't quite. I, I was absolutely shit at school at sport. I can't begin <laughs> to tell you. I think in Australia, when I say to people I failed year eight sport, they go, how is that even possible? Um, So for you, you're at uni. What did you study at uni? Uh, I studied psychology. Okay, that's good. And I, I, yeah, I only studied psychology because I thought it was going to be easy. Yeah, Um, so did I. So so not the point. Yeah, so not the case. Then they brought all this research stuff in. I was like, hang on, I thought we were just talking about people. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, "What? Well, I have to learn." Oh, okay, that's, that's kind of clever. Um, but it was good because I one cool thing was um, one of the things that they did bring in was they brought in sports psychology um, right. in one of the third year papers, and I was like, "Ooh, I like that's that. A thing. I want that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I started to head into that, and then so I used a lot of that stuff for myself um, and implemented the you know the learnings of that into my own game and and it was just I mean basically I went to university um I went to hockey training yeah I went um played hockey on the weekends and went to hockey tournaments um and I I mean I didn't even have a 21st birthday wow hockey was um, just I your was life. At hockey training yeah it was it was everything um right so and when I I mean I'm you go yeah no, no, you go I was, first. I was going to say it was, it was everything to me, like because. But part of me looks back now and goes, "It was awesome and it was amazing, like so, you know, amazing experiences." Yeah. And I also still missed out on some of that kind of thing of you know going out with friends, um, you know, just that social teenage rebellious stuff. kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of I didn't do it. I guess. Um, 
So uh, I don't think that that's a, a bad bit. thing. I did the opposite and I just, I, I had never been to a pub really before I started uni and boy, oh boy, did I embrace that life. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah. you're a hockey mad ex-student by the time you finished your degree. Where was your yeah. hockey career at that stage and can that be a full-time job? I mean, I don't even know. Can it be a full-time job? Is that what you did? <laughs> No, I I split it between. So I, I kept staying at university as much as I could. Um, so right. I ended up getting a master's only because I was like, oh, fuck, I need to stay at university <laughs> so I can get some more student allowance. Right. Um, I worked part-time at the gym, so yep. that was cool. So I worked at um, one of the gyms in Palmy called Club 100, yep. um, and it was a Les Mills um, franchise at that time. So that was cool. Um, so I taught at the gym as well as taking clients, um, and I played hockey. Right, and, and by then you're playing for New Zealand. Hopes. So you're playing for New Zealand yep. by that stage. And so it's Commonwealth <laughs> Games you. and Olympics all coming up. Well, I didn't go to either of those. Um, Ooh, was that a bit was, of a heartbreaker? Um, yeah, it was. There was There was some differences of opinion between myself and the manager and and it didn't go my way. Um to put it lightly oh, without Christine, yeah. what a bummer! Yeah, so it, I mean, I got to go to things like World Cup. I yep. got to go to uh, South Africa. I got to go to Canada. Um, Sounds you know, pretty amazing. Yeah, and so it was pretty good. It was. It, it, I I look back now and go, damn, I wish I'd been able to go to either of the games. And and I still got a lot out of it. Like I still had experiences. Oh that my goodness! Not yes. many people can have. And yeah. also, I yeah. think there is a rigor in elite sport. Um, that you don't get outside of it. So whether you're mm. doing academic things or not doesn't matter. There is a whole lot of mindset stuff you learn. There's a whole lot of oh, yeah. pushing through barriers and um, uh, what's the word that came out of the pandemic that everybody hates, like a resilience, you know, all of, all of yeah. that. <laughs> I think it's pivoting everyone yeah. hated. But anyway, all right, so take me through this journey of how your career evolved while you were doing um, – the sport mm. and how far did you get? Yeah. Um, I was playing, so I was still playing hockey. I was traveling from Palmerston North down to Wellington for trainings and for games. Is that a long and way? So around I about an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, it was about an hour and a half, two hours. And so I was like, I would get up early, like for, for instance, on the Tuesday, I would get up early and open the gym. Um, work there and then I'd take a, a class in the afternoon and then I'd come home. Me and mum would jump in the car. Drive, she would drive to Wellington, I would have hockey training and then I'd drive home and I wouldn't be getting back home again until closer to 11 o'clock at night. And so that was my uh, life and then I'd drive up and down at the weekends for because for, Wellington had said, hey, look, will you come and play? And in the end I was like, this is stupid. I, was, I need to find a job in Wellington. I was going to so say, did it to occur Wellington. to you to move, to move down there? <laughs> All right. It took me a while. What, it took me a what while. What was the job? There. What was the job? Um, well, I started teaching for New Zealand Institute of Sport, oh, and so I was fish. tutoring there. So it was it was kind of cool. Um, so I was teaching there, and that was my first teaching job, um, and that just allowed me to keep being me, really, of teaching what I knew um, and and playing sport. So I did that for a couple of years, and then I um, went into the exercise science program at CIT, so Central Institute of Technology, based in Wellington. Right. So they were quite a high. Yeah. Quite a high level of exercise science, and that was I was like that was kind of I was like I want to get in there, and so I went and spoke to the manager of that, and he said, "Yeah, we'd love to have you." Wow! Um, so I was there for 
12 years, stayed for 12 years with, with that particular group um, and still played hockey the whole way through. Um, and it's things like, so I would usually miss the beginning of the, of the academic year because I'd be somewhere around the world playing indoor hockey. Right. Um, and then I'd come back and meet the students partway through and then we'd carry on. And, and it was just, I loved it. It was, you know, you got exercise science students, they would have loved it as well. That I mean, if you're ever yeah. going to have a teacher that misses class, the fact that they're out there doing what you want to do <laughs> has yeah. got to be, yeah. you know, great role modeling for them. So what, so, yeah. I mean, are you still playing hockey or did it come to an end at some stage? I don't know what happens yeah. often yeah, with sport, there's injuries. I, um, Were there any injuries? Yeah, well, or? I had had injuries on and off. I mean, one of the, one of the times, was it before I went to Wellington? Yeah, one of, before I went to Wellington, I actually had both my Achilles debrided. So I had Ew. really lumpy scar tissue on my Achilles and I could hardly walk. And I was still playing hockey. It was like, I, yeah. Nothing was going to stop you. That's I, becoming clear. No, <laughs> no. My, my motto was that, that the only reason that, you know, like, you know, I, I would never come off the turf um, or off the court, indoor or outdoor, um, unless I came off in a box, which sounds pretty bad, but that was my motto. That was your commitment. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so I had um, surgery for both, and my surgeon, um, she was a amazing, she was a triathlete for New Zealand, she was a sports doctor, she's amazing, and she said, look, the only way that you're going to stop is if we do both at the same time and we put both your feet and both, both your legs in plaster and I was like, what a smart what? woman. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you bastard. Yes. And it worked. Um, six months later, I was in Canada playing indoor hockey. So wow. I was like, boom, take that. Um, <laughs> and so it was just, yeah, I was like, it doesn't matter. So, so the injuries were okay. But I got to the point where I was like, I had played basically 13 years of going indoor, outdoor with no break. Right. And, and I, I sat down one of the days and, and I was like, oh, I have to drive all the way into Wellington. I was living in the hut at the time, which is about 40 minutes away. I was like, oh, I have to drive all the way into the hut to play this game. I was like, we're going to thrash these guys. I probably won't even touch the ball. I was like, maybe this is my last game of hockey. Oh, good. Even, and I kind of <laughs> even I looked like- at myself. I know. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? And I was like, oh, shit. Maybe, oh, okay, we'll worry about that one after the game. Go in there, total that. And I didn't, I didn't touch the ball and I took my gear off and I was like, I think I'm done. It. And I just put my gear into the bag, zipped it up, and. Oh my yeah. God. So, this massive, it. massive part of your life and your personality and mm. probably your social circle and everything yeah, was. just yeah. gets chopped yeah. off. So, yeah. what the hell do you do then? How did, did you go into a big slump? No, I actually, oh, the, the coolest thing, I was like, there's life. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So all of a sudden the um, teenage like, stuff all started coming out, did it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. It started coming out. I was like, oopsies, and that's fine. Um, but I kind of filled it because then I started teaching at the gym. So I was teaching at Les Mills in Wellington. So right. the where I would usually be at training or out, you know, doing my own workouts and trainings and running and stuff, I was just at the gym. And that just became – it just filled that spot in a way, which was all I'd do then is work, hang out with my mates, go to the gym. Um, but so but was it, the gym good. was um, work as well, wasn't it? So did you ever leave? Um, yeah, I got to the point where I was like, nah, this is this is enough. Um, and so, I mean, I, I took redundancy actually from 
um, when I was teaching in exercise science, I took redundancy because I was like, I, I just need a change. Yep. And, and it was kind of cool because I started to realize that I was just, I, I, I was identifying myself by what I do, not yeah, who, who you I are. Be. And that's, a, yeah, a lot of what we teach now is be, do, have. And so all I did was identify myself by what I did. Yeah. Um, and, and that is so like, common yeah. for athletes all yeah. around. I mean, I know yeah. my best friend at school was a Commonwealth Games level swimmer. And same thing, her whole life mm. was sport. And then she got tendonitis and could, had to stop. And it's a real oh, reckoning time of who tough. am I, you know, and, and yeah, what do I do? Is. What do I yeah. talk about with my friends if they're all still, um, you know, competing? Yep. Yeah. Tough and time. I, and I did that. I found, um, I found that when I was teaching, and at the time it was quite harsh, but, it, you know, the, that afternoon I was like, oh, I'm pleased the student said that to me. They're like, Christine, why do you always talk about when I used to play hockey or when I used to do this? And I was like, ooh, ooh. ouch. Yeah. And it was good. I mean, and, and it was that afternoon I was sitting sitting down just having a coffee and I was like, ooh, that, oh, ouch. But then I was like, no, nah, no, nah, um, what can I learn from this? What can I take from this? And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm still going back because I haven't quite sorted out it's- who I'm being going forward. So it was kind yeah. of cool. It was it was a punch in the face at the time, but I was like, "I oh, bet." Shit, how dare you? Yeah. So but, what did yeah, you do? It was it was. What good did you do next? Well, I kind of, I thought, okay, where do I want to go with this? What do I want to do? Um, I at, at that point when when that happened, I was still teaching exercise science and stuff, and so I was like, you know, I need to shift and change, and I found some other mates, but. Then I did take redundancy, yeah, and I actually went, went and worked for Wellington Free Ambulance. Um, and so I did quite a bit of training with them. Oh, so I did great. patient transfer. Yeah, I did patient transfer and I also did a shift um, as an actual, you know, trainee paramedic. Paramedic, so right. So got to see some got to see some good sites, um, got to see some some awesome stuff. I'm not averse to that kind of thing, which is pretty cool. Are you being sarcastic and by saying that? Like you saw some pretty no. confronting stuff or I did see confronting stuff and it was neat in a way because we the thing that was always kind of cool about it was that you know if there was us and the police we were always the good guys right um i got to i saw it as a cool thing because i got to help people out and make a difference in their life totally. when some of them were at their worst totally and it's and so to 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 be in those situations and go wow this is you know you walk into all sorts of scenes um see all sorts of stuff happen from car accidents and things which are a gnarly <laughs> but it's to be able to make an impact in that moment, you know. Yeah. That it's, and there's no <clears> doubt you do have yeah. a massive, massive, I mean, you know, anybody who's, I yeah. mean, I haven't been in accidents, but I've had paramedics around and it does make a massive difference. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're in. You're, you're now working with them. What was the next step? I'm really interested to know <laughs> how you got through to what. But like, this is random. Yeah, yeah. No, keep telling so me. So went from went from working there as trainee to doing paramedicine work. That was cool. And then I was like, ah, I want to get back into teaching. So I found um, the, the problem with that was I wanted to go up the ranks. Yeah. But they were only taking blokes. It was very much a boys' club. And I knew that for me to get anywhere through there, it was going to take a long time. And I was like, I'm not here to take a long time. I pushed, I shifted some boundaries. I pushed back. It wasn't well received. And I was like, "Hmm, I'm out of here. Okay. I see. I see where this is going. So I was like, I'm out. So I went and I did um, educational design. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, I loved it, and I loved the the women that were that were right up there um, within the ranks. They were amazing to work with, and some of the shifts when I was when I did work with them, we had the best time, and just their their approach with people and their care and their quick thinking to come up with it was just awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, but it was going to take too long. So then I went and did some educational design work. And that was a bit boring, but I got to, um, you know, create programs online for people and do some amazing stuff. And, and I got to work with one of the places they were getting an exercise science program off the ground. So I got to help out on that. So that was kind of uh, cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. And then at that time, so my dad had already died during that time. And then mum got really, um, she ended up in hospital. Um, she Dad had died of four different types of cancer. Mum had breast cancer. She was okay from that. And then it came back with, um, she ended up with COPD. Um, And then basically I got a phone call one night. What's COPD? Oh, um, COPD, it's it's basically like emphysema is probably the easiest (laughs) way. Because she'd been a smoker. Right. So it really got to her. Um, and then she just, she called me one night and I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And then I ended up, because I could, I rang comms and said, look, can you guys get an ambulance around there ASAP? This is what's happening. (laughs) So we kind of got a privilege on that one, which is good. Um, and then three days later, um, so I rushed up to Palmerston North Hospital as well. Three days later, she died and I went back to work and I said to them, I'm not coming back. The boss wasn't very nice um and I said you can show yep, it yep. and I just walked out and I was like holy shit <laughs> and so I cleared up mum and dad's estate and I was like I've always wanted to live in Australia <laughs> going to Australia right so so hang on. on my ticket okay so why did you always want to live in Australia <laughs> I love it that you just jumped and did it and were you on your own yep. were you married or anything or you just came on your own um, I came over on my own. I was um, well. My my partner is actually Elizabeth, right. who co-founded. Oh, okay. Well. So she was already. So she, so she was you already knew over her here. then, or you just came over yeah. as somebody. Yeah. Right. No, I knew her. I knew her then, and she was already over here doing her PhD. Right. And so we'd sort of talked about it, and I was like, "Do I want this or not?" Hang on I'm a not minute. Sure long distance. No wait a minute. Long distance. So were you in a relationship? The two of you in New Zealand <laughs> yeah. and Australia. Bloody hell. Uh, well. Sort of, sort of in New Zealand. Nothing was really official. Right. Um, we were and we weren't kind of thing. And then it was like, I, I'm not sure about this. This is a bit weird to me, but I'll give it a go. And, I'll see what and happens. And she was from um, Melbourne? Yeah. Was she from Melbourne originally? No, she's from New Zealand. She's oh, from New okay. Zealand. Okay, so the two Kiwis came over. Okay, right. So you decided <laughs> yeah. to just leap and come over. What the hell did you think yeah. you were going to do when you got here? <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, I love that. Mm, let's just see what happens. Let's just play by ear. And it was only because I, mum had always talked so much about loving Melbourne. Right. I was like, I want to find that out. I want to find what that and is. And before we go and any so, further, I have to ask, do you love yeah. Melbourne? I love the city. I love the city. It is amazing. And and it was that thing of like, we talked about it and Elizabeth was like, ah, we'll be here for about three years, you know, we'll do do PhD and go back to New Zealand because, you know, New yeah. Zealand's always home. Yeah. And and it was like, and I've been here 11 years. Right. So, yeah. And you love it though? Kinda, or are you just hankering after I getting do. back? No, I, it's kind of weird. We'd always, well, I'd always talked about, you know, wanting to go back to New Zealand to live. Yeah. And it's probably been about the last four years, three or four years, where I've gone, mm, I don't know if I, 
if I can go back and live in New Zealand because it's so small, right. I'd go back there for holidays, which which you know we have. Um, it's it's too small. It, it, it's just oh, too small. Oh my goodness! And, I mean, you've grown out of it. I know. I mean, New Zealand's of. like New Zealand's home. It's, it's yeah, you know, it is, it's is. in my heart. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I but don't now know. you're in the big smoke. I look, I, I grew up yeah. in sort of more rural areas and I'm obsessed with living in the city. And now with my kids, mm. I say to them, God, don't you love living in the city? And they go, when I'm older, when I grow up, I'm going to go and live in the country. And I'm like, God, <laughs> I've got you here to get your – it's so funny how it flips where, you know, pe- yeah. people want what they don't have. So what did, yeah. so what did you do? Elizabeth's doing her PhD. You're here. You know no yeah. one other than her, I'm guessing, or yeah. not many. What did you I, do? I mean, I – I was. It was really cool because one of the guys that was helping her out, um, just sort of get to know the place, and had had helped her sort everything out for her PhD. He said, "Oh, can you teach? Um, do you know anything about health promotion?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, because it's a part, bit. Of, part of health <laughs> stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, because I do, because I do." And he goes, "Ah, oh, well, they're looking for tutors." And this is at the um, Frankston campus through Monash. So okay. I was like, "Yeah, sure." So. I jumped on a train first time, so I'd been here a little bit, had been backwards and forwards to New Zealand, sorting bits and pieces out with the estate and trying to sell the house at that point, so in between all of that. And so I jumped on the train, I'm like, oh, shit, like this is a big train. Like Wellington has two carriages. So I jump on this massive train and I start heading out to Frankston and I'm like, where are we going? I have no idea. I got off the train at Frankston, so I had all these instructions of where to go and what to do and do this and go left and go right and get on this fucking bus and turn yeah. over here and do this. Oh, I'm like, gosh. <laughs> got out and I was there and I was like, okay, where's the bus stop? And I felt like I was in the middle of nowhere. Standing in the bus stop waiting for this train, first introduction to Frankston, and there was this old lady sitting in there and she was just quietly minding her, you know, business, and these two little children, <clears throat> teenagers, standing in the bus stop, smoking away, and they were kind of like blowing it around, this smoke around here, and they were like, like trying, to, trying, to have swearing it, away. trying to hassle her, like they were doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, dude, I grew up in, in Highbury in Palmerston North. Like we, the, our mates were called the Highbury Hoods, you know, like <laughs> you grow up there, you can survive anywhere. So I was like, oi. And so I gave them what for, Ooh. and they they took off, they ran. And she was like, oh, thank you, that's great. And I told other people I'd done this, and they're like, oh, my God, you're lucky you weren't stabbed or shot yeah, or something. I was like, going to say, Frankston does have that reputation. <laughs> oops, oops. So I jumped on the bus, went out there, and, and then I started teaching and got the job and started teaching um, health promotion at Monash. And I did a few teaching jobs at Monash. And I still on and off. Because when I had been going through all of this in New Zealand, I'd still had my own consultancy of working the odd times with athletes, teams, New Zealand School of Dance, okay, um, Royal New Zealand Ballet. So I'd done it on and off the whole time throughout all those other jobs. Right. And then I got here and I was like, I missed that bit. And so I started doing some hockey coaching. And then they said, oh, well, you did that mindset stuff. Like there's a couple of people that we could hook you up with. And then it kind of came back. Okay, so who's they? (laughs) Who said that to you? They, how did I run into, oh, people through Monash. Okay. So it was one of the ladies I met at Monash. She was playing hockey. And I went, I used to play a little bit of hockey. And she's like, oh, could you come and help? And I went, yeah, sure. Right. So now I started helping them out. And then started coaching their goalie and then coaching some of the others in the team as well. And then it just became this 
kind of flow on my feet. Oh, how from there. how so, lovely for you though. I mean, was it it I mean it just yeah. feels to me anyway like it's the perfect solution for you to suddenly yeah, have yeah. all these great hockey people and be back in the life without having yeah. to compete. And so Yeah, and it was neat, yeah. Okay, and meanwhile, what was Elizabeth doing for her PhD? So she was for her PhD. She was doing what was it about? Um, I mean, it's a lay around leadership and or something. Ding, 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 ding. No, it was doing basically on the occupational therapy side, right? Of looking at, um, I guess, motivators and drivers for people to keep participating in life. So, oh wow, um, what the an thing that int- she was looking at was. Yeah, a lot of older people would get into the point of, you know, once they start to get sick yeah. or, you know, sort of, you know, whatever, and then go, oh, I've done my dash, I can't do any more. And it was like, so she was looking at kind of like what drives the active people, the people that do participate in their life, what does drive them and, and what's the meaning How and things for people in their lives. God, I think I might need to interview Pretty her cool. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I want to know the answer. I want to know the answer yeah. to that. Don't tell me the answer now. All right. So, so you're and, and did you did you did you move down towards Frankston? So, for anyone that's listening, Mm-mm. we're talking about Frankston's probably just. I was down there yesterday, an hour out of Melbourne. Um, yeah. So you did that commute. So the Palmerston North thing did not put you off, and Wellington, no, and you started no. doing the same thing so- in Melbourne. Yeah, so I was doing so door to door, which I always laugh about. Door to door was fifty two minutes. Okay, <laughs> every so twice a week, twice a week. And I used to oh, laugh okay, it wasn't it was every like, day. You know, yeah, no, it was it was twice a week. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then I picked up a couple of um, just casual jobs at different TAFEs doing. Um, so one of the ones I actually designed and wrote a whole um, was for who was it Institute of Fitness. Um, it was like the uh, motivation type module that they did. Yep. Um, and so I did that. Um, so I wrote that and put that all up online for them and taught that and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then so it was at Monash, still teaching. Um, and then so we started talking about doing some leadership coaching with people and it was was kind of that thing to go, oh, these people in STEM really need something. Yeah. Like, nah, let's not do that. And And it was like – we kind of talked about doing something to do with leadership, but at that point it was like we both did it so differently. It was like, we, can, we can't do this. This isn't going to work. Um, and Elizabeth started working with people and just sort of mentoring people around the place through Monash and through different places and different stuff. And some of the students that I would teach them were like, oh, Chrissy, can you, can you help me out with this? You know, I need a, need a bit, you know, sort of my says, oh, I'm like, yeah, sure, sweet, can do that. Um, and then – I went from Monash to where did I go? So I went to RMIT. So I was teaching there, um, and so Elizabeth was through PhD doing research with Monash, um, and then we just decided we were like, let's just go for it. Let's just get a we'll business together. We'll find a way for us to um, make it do work. It. <laughs> yeah, and we do. We come at it from such different different angles. I know, but that's kind of great. I think. Yeah. Because oh, it's amazing. What you what you yeah. want is that is is that different perspectives on things because that's much easier mm. to sort of solve problems for people yeah. as well. So you started that about six yeah. years ago. Is that right? Or was uh, it a was bit about longer? Seven. So seven years ago, we had a couple of name changes. So it was about seven years ago um, that we did it. And then, yeah, it was. So talk to me about two yeah. women who have been in academia who've started their own business. <laughs> 
because I love it because it's never an easy journey. I mean, unless unless someone gave you, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and said, off you go, which is so unlikely. So how was that for you, both of you, the first time? Because that's very brave. It was tough. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, we worked together so well. We, we, it's really unbelievable. Like people say, you guys are just, you're just amazing, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know, we just make it work. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cool. Um, so from the I mean, get, from the we, we get, both go. Have, oh no, go on. We, I was going to say, we both have coaches. We both have, we, yeah, so we both have coaches. We both have such a, respect for each other um and and such a such a like just want to make an impact and 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 have people out there in stems <laughs> just be their best so it's yeah. like it's not about me it's not about her it's like that's what makes it so easy isn't in it? a way yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think um, yeah. I think it's yeah. really nice when you don't have to focus on yourself and you just it's all about helping yeah. others. And somebody said to me, "But what if yeah. you don't get paid much?" And I said, "Yeah, but you know like the the payoff is emotional and it's so fabulous that mm. the you know the money will come in other ways, but it's great." So, yeah. but for the two of you who have come from that background, how did you find customers? What what did you do to grow the business? <sighs> Um, we did things like Facebook marketing. Some of that okay. worked. A lot of it didn't. Yep. Um, we, um, you know, did those ridiculous things of cold calling and sending emails and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and it just, it, it, it was, it was really hard because it was like we knew we had this amazing product, so to speak, and we knew we we could make a massive difference. But it was like. Got to find the How people. How do we get it? Like you can't walk in and go, look at these amazing cups. These do this and these do that. You know, like it's, it's no, kind of, and, and it, it's random. And of course, the other thing is that everyone thinks they're amazing, so it's very hard yeah. to get that cut through and go, I genuinely am different from the others out there who are saying yeah. they're great and they're not. It's really yeah. hard to kind of build that reputation, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, um, yeah. so bit of a slow trickle at first, and then and then word got out. I'm guessing. Yeah. Very, very slow, and it was those things of it was a matter of connecting with people. So it was really handy having um, Paul and his wife Ronnie on on board as well, um, because how, then they how could did start you find connecting them? us. How did you find them? Well, it was I mean it was it was Paul that was in the um, pitch competition, um, and then so it was just those things of. It, it was random, you know, like of, As, I, I remember sitting in there and I was like, who the hell is that guy walking in there? Like, <laughs> I've never seen him before. And then the next thing is this, you know, at the end of it, tap on the shoulder and I'm like, the f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You are so funny. Um, wow, <laughs> great. Okay, so what amazing business. Now we, we um, the next question I would like to ask is because mm-hmm. She's the Boss is all about making women more visible. I'm trying to get, you know, yeah. people out there. And one of the things I like to ask is have you had any women who have made a, cons- a significant, I guess, contribution mm. to your business <laughs> life? And if so, are you happy yeah. to tell us their names and what they did to help you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I, – I, I, I listen and pick up a lot of things from different people. Um, yeah. And even – I mean, I can say, you know, like probably when I think about it, it's like – 
My mum has been a massive impact yes. on on me and business. Um, she like five foot half an inch, little Scottish woman that could run around and you know six inch heels. She could run across gravel. Wow! And it was like if I ever spoke up or chatted back, you know, I'd get the back of the hand. And she was the fact that she was Scottish, but she was she was really dark. She was she had you know definite dark skin. Right. And and just her. Ah, you know, like dad had his own business, but but she she did all the books and she could make it work, you know. And I was and I the thing she always said to me was that there's always a way. Yeah. And so if I'm ever in any situation, my thing is to go. There's always a way. Yep. And and the, and there is there is always always, a way. always um, I agree. So so to have this, you know, to have mum there kind of thing is is yeah, it's amazing. Um, I mean I've. My coach, Linda Belzile Busson. Um, she's a good name. French Canadian. Yeah. Lives in Norway. Um, she's amazing. Like she was the global HR blah 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 something or other for Deloitte. Um, done a lot a lot of equity and diversity stuff. Um, Freaking legend. Like, I mean, question, like I've never had someone ask questions as fast or as good as her. You know, right. like I, she just tears me apart. Sometimes, and we, you know, just break through all the BS and all this kind of amazing, amazing woman. Um, things I, I mean, I, you know, obviously read a lot of books. Um, people like Francesca Gino, I've read her book, it's called Rebel Talent. Okay. Um, and I just, you know, it's not about being a rebel, it's about unleashing your rebel talents. And for me, it was that thing of <laughs> busting the status quo. Um, I don't know why, but as soon as I heard that and you're trying to explain, I'm like, you don't even need to explain. I can see yeah, exactly. why a rebel would attract you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, there's so many people like, you know, even, I don't know, just just even like recently I was watching um something, whatever it was, and it was Lisa Billiou, you know, Tom Billiou's wife, and, and Lisa Billiou was like, blah, 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 and I was like, I like that bit. Amazing. And then the next thing I heard myself kind of repeating it in my head and it just Yeah. There's just just all these people everywhere that I'm kinda of like, oh wow, shit, I like that. Oh, I'm that's like, great. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. Yeah. Now the other thing is you've been very driven by sport. You've been very driven in your yeah. business. Um, you're in business with your partner, which is great on one level and on <laughs> another level never gives you a break. My question is around <laughs> burnout because there are so many women that I've interviewed who have burnt out at yeah. different times. How do you avoid that when you and Elizabeth are working together <laughs> and obviously very yeah. passionate about what you do? Do you have sort of we work in on the business nine to five and we weekends and evenings are for us or how do you split it down yeah it's where possible it's that thing and and I'm really strict um on on doing that um because I just like having fun like I even you know even doing taxes is fun you know so to me I'm like whatever um you're awesome it's that thing for me I'm like you know it's it's the evenings where possible. I like to be able to say, you know, if we're going to have dinner, then there's there's no business talk. Yeah. Um, when we, you know, like the weekends, we make this this thing of going absolute twenty four hours, and we choose whether that's a Saturday or Sunday because sometimes there might be a masterclass or you know we'll prepare something on a Sunday afternoon for something happening on the the following week. There's a twenty four hour period over a weekend where there's no business, no computers. Oh, I love it. Um. 
And it's it's just making those kinds of yeah, things. It is. And, and holidays. And for me, it's really important. And holidays. Yes. You take holidays. holidays are, yeah, good on you. Yeah, yeah. Holidays will take the laptop, but it's only for things it's like. It's to react um, to things. I mean, our, I always yeah, it's, it's it's for it's me not it's to yeah do. no that's right it's if yeah, somebody rings yeah, and says the yeah. website's down or I need you to send me this or I forgot yeah. that that you just have it handy yeah. okay but I'm not I mean I'm not big on burnout which I know sounds a bit bit rough but for me it's that like seriously and my my thing is like. Is anyone going to die? Oh, no. Well, what I'm talking about that these women do is they get like adrenal fatigue and they head to take to their bed for like a year and it completely stuffs up their career and they've got to re-look at everything. So it's more, and I've never been that woman because I don't think I have a strong enough work ethic, but I like to ask people, you know, are you so (laughs) driven that you're doing 60, 70, 80 hours a week, in which case, it's going to uh, probably happen at we, some we stage. We do some big hours. But not all um, the I mean, time. Like for, you know, no, for me, I'm like, you know, and, and I can't even, like my attention span runs out. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be working and I'll get to about 45, 50 minutes and I'm like, oh, um, I need to go play. Yeah. And and I'll just get up. I'll just get up and walk off. Right. Um, and we live really close to the park. So, so like I'll be like, <laughs> I'll just walk around the park or I'll, you know, go and stand outside for a wee while and come back in or – um, I, I just give yourself like, breaks. Nah, I'm, I'm not driving myself to that. I mean, Elizabeth has had clinical depression um, years ago. She was, you know, basically in bed for three months, couldn't even look after herself. Right. So, so for she her, knows she's also that, had yeah. that and experienced it. Yes, and aware big of time, it. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yep. great. Well, yep. it sounds yep. like yep. Uh, I just love the sound of the two of you. I have to meet you in person <laughs> now. So, but um, I got yep. another question for you. I love this yes. question out of nowhere. Is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you'd be up for sharing? <laughs> and you're a pretty open. I can play the bagpipes. Oh, my God. Can you? That's fantastic. <laughs> Good on your mum. <laughs> I'm assuming. Well, yeah, mum did Scottish, yeah, mum did Scottish country dancing. Right. And, and she was like, well, you can do Scottish country dancing or something else to do with that. And I'm like. I'm not doing that shit. And my sister went, hey, I'll do that. So she did Scottish country dancing and I was like, I'll learn those things. And so I learned to play bagpipes. Amazing. Have you ever had a use for them? (laughs) I know that one of my um, friends growing up learned to play bagpipes. He was about, I think when we were about 16, there was some fancy Mm. restaurant out in Berwick and he used to, with peacocks in the gardens, and he would play bagpipes for the diners. And I thought, wow, whoever thought you could do do something with bagpipes. So do you do anything with it? (laughs) Not now. I mean, I I can still play and I have a tutu every now. So I have, well, tutu, New Zealand word. I play. I play every now and again. Um, But I used to, like I was in the Manawatu pipe band, Right. Um, I've been in competitions. I used to play at weddings. I even came over here when I was 16, I think. Was I 16? Yeah, somewhere like that. Right. I was 16, I think, and I came over here and played at my cousin's wedding in the Dandenongs. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, wow. yeah, I, I've been all, yeah, all around the place in New Zealand because of it. So it's, it's pretty random. Yeah. Wow. Well, Christine, yeah. what a woman you are. <laughs> I have loved hearing your story. You're such a cracker. <laughs> you make me laugh. So if people want to learn more about Walt Institute or if they want yep. to contact you without giving away phone mm-hmm. numbers and things, what is the best way for them to do that? Can you give us some <laughs> web addresses? 
web addresses. Um, easiest, fastest way to connect is on waltinstitute.com. So all one word, that's W-A-L-T institute.com. Um, that's our website. So you can find um, lots of information on there, lots of information about our programs. So we've got group and individual programs um, on there. And you can track us down through basically Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think all the... All the handles basically are at Walt Institute. Okay, um, right. So you'll be able to find us in there. And you can find me under at Christine Burns on there as well. And the other cool little thing is if you do is they can purchase that as well. Oh, well, my goodness, we haven't <laughs> talked about it. Quickly, tell me, what what's this? <laughs> This is a book, by the way. She's just suddenly, oh, sorry. Yeah, at the end of the interview, shown me that she's authored a book. <laughs> authored a book. So the excitement was, you know, that famous word that we all I can't, dislike. I can't resilience. see that probably, properly. So can you tell people what the title is? Ah, so the title, the title is Igniting Resilience, yep. Overcoming this Despair of Receiving a Death Sentence. So Ooh. 2016, I got the... Ugly phone call to say we've got the pathology results back and you've got endometrial cancer. So, oh my god! Yeah, I swore for thirty seconds and then because I can, I made a very quick decision and went. You guys do your thing medically. I'll do my thing physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and spiritually. And had the bestest team. Um, went through the whole raw end of treatment and all that kind of BS and surgeries and blah blah blah. Um, and learned so much. Um, and the randomest part is, I would say it's probably been the best experience I could possibly have in my entire life. I was going to say that the timing life. sounds a bit Walt Institute starting ish time as well. Is that did it? Is that what yep. you came? What decided to do when you re- recovered from the treatment? Um. I was kind of still going through it. I mean, I was we we took a group program and I was in the middle of treatment, so I was oh, like my goodness. puffing and puffing and tired and naffed. But it was like this is kind of cool, you know, just to and I didn't deny it. I practice what we teach, um, and that's kind of what the book's about. Is I mean, it's it's it, 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 people have gone. It's changed my life from reading it. I give so many strategies. It's not a wow 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 story. There is a little bit of story in it. There's also a whole lot of teachings in it, and it's so, it's more so I can get people to do life differently. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh my god! Now I want to start and do a whole new interview with you about that. We've run out of time. We can do it next time. We'll have to. I have so loved this. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. This is awesome, and I can't wait to share Thank this you. one. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.